Okay, so welcome to the very first episode of The Pictorialist. And on this very first episode, we're going to be looking at me. Uh, we're going to be doing some introductions. Who am I? We're going to be getting to know you all a little bit better. Or you're going to be getting to know me a little bit better, I guess. Uh, we're going to have a look at how COVID-19 has affected small businesses like myself. And we're also going to have a look at those crazy specs on the new Canon R5 camera, which was just insane. And, uh, well, do you even need those specs? We'll find out. The Pictorialist, a film and photography podcast by Figmento Films. Okay, so, get, so to get started then, I guess... Why am I even doing a podcast and who am I? Well, I am. my name's Luke. I, am, I have a company called Figmento Films. I've been doing freelance photography and film for about 10 years. Um, I used to work for a company called Gemporia. I was a television director. Then I was a YouTube channel manager. Um, always been doing a bit of freelance on the side. Then I decided to go fully into freelance and start Figmento Films up. Um, why did I start this podcast? Well, I have always been one of the things I'm always telling like clients is you've really got to take advantage of all the great things the internet and social media has to offer now. We live in an age where it is so easy now to get your brand or brand message out to so many people where back in the day it was all TV and that's kind of all we had to offer. But now you can really leverage the power of social media. And uh, that's one of the things this podcast is about. It's about film and photography, but I try to put an emphasis on business and just talk about my experiences. Hopefully, I can also share some experiences with you guys along the way. Um, and like I said, I've been doing this for about 10 to 12 years, and I'm always, always learning. And I actually kind of like teaching whatever I know. If I can help shotgun people forward a little bit, it's always great to see people start to succeed in whatever they're doing as well. Um Usually, I can be very scripted whenever I do stuff. So if you ever watch any of my tutorial videos, if you've seen the behind the scenes, yeah, there's like 20 takes sometimes to say the most simplest thing. So a lot of this is very loose. Um, I just think it's a really good opportunity to help sort of like bridge a gap with you guys. And from a creative perspective, I'm just a nerd. And I've just always really wanted to try and start a podcast. <laughs> okay, so that's kind of me in a nutshell. And it kind of leads nicely into this whole COVID thing. So, of course, a few months ago, um, this pandemic broke out. And for the last few months, the world has really, really... Uh, it's just been... I keep hearing the term strange times. I guess it's a very apt way to describe what's going on. Um, it, it is true. Uh, it's, it is very strange to be indoors so long and to not be able to connect with people, to not even go out and just sort of high-five your like mates or uh, hug people. Um, it is all very weird, and so the idea of social distancing. I, I think the weird side of it is that we have this very weird dichotomy of social media in one sense really brings us together, but social media itself can isolate. Uh, isolate us we can be very invested in our phone and our computer screens as opposed to connecting people when then all of a sudden this virus has come along and says you really cannot connect with people like physically you you cannot do that um and all of a sudden it's just really stark reminder that we are humans and connection is very very important for us um so it, it's on many levels it's just uh, it's uh, just a, for me a bit of a, a wake up call 
and um, I don't know if you ever if you've been on my YouTube channel. By the way, if you like this, subscribe, hit the bell icon to keep notified. Uh, and if you listen, if you're listening on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, don't forget to follow me. Um, if you go onto my YouTube channel, then uh, um, just search for Figment of Films. I've started diving into what I call photography as therapy, which is something I'm helping myself get through these times. And that is the idea of just bringing mindfulness into photography. Uh, and I've been looking into sort of Shinrin Yoku and all sorts of stuff as well, as ways of sort of dealing with it. It's, um, when I was younger, I had a lot of anxiety and getting out with my camera, particularly out in the wilderness, uh, really helped me sort of um, relax and sort of calm calm my mind down and centre me, I guess. Um, and that's something I really want to share with other people. And when I'm talking to people about photography, I'm so passionate about the way I talk about things. And part of that passion is because I know that once they get over the technical hurdles of photography um, or just allow themselves to even not worry about those technical hurdles and just get out with a camera and uh, they'll find they can find the sort of same sort of peace of mind i i find when i'm out there as well uh, one of my best friends took me like a year to get him into photography but he loves it now and is out all the time by himself it just gives you a sense of like something to do um encourages you to get out and encourages you and it just t- takes your mind off stuff um so that's how i've kind of been dealing it with it but I guess from a business side, then reality is I've really got not got anything coming in at the moment. I'm just setting stuff up, which is what I encourage anyone watching or listening this to do um, is to not sit and do nothing. Try and set stuff up. This podcast is a manifestation of that. Um, I personally, I, can't, I don't like sitting still. I want to always be working towards something. I'm always telling companies to leverage the power of the internet and of social media. This is a great opportunity to really practice what I preach because sometimes as a very small company of mostly one, I do have people come and help me. Um, I'm managing most stuff by myself and I love podcasts and I love YouTube and because I like to put so much into my work, I don't really, I rarely get the opportunity to do this sort of stuff. So I've used this time as an opportunity to invest in something I like to do. And it's a great opportunity for me to pass on any knowledge I might know and just help anyone out in, in general. Um, the start of the year, I had invested a load of money into um, uh, uh, material for wedding fairs. So I wanted to really hit the wedding scene uh, quite hard this year. And um, I brought a load of materials, invested quite a lot of money into it. And uh, <laughs> I went to my first wedding fair and then that, that was it. Covered was like, no, 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 no more wedding fairs for you. I was just like, ah, I've got all these posters and specially designed business cards and flyers and brochures. We even transferred, um, my girlfriend did most of the work. I just transferred my, uh, from my domain from Weebly to Wix. Uh, Weebly is horrible. I don't know how I got duped into ever signing up to Weebly. It is horrible. It's the worst WYSIWYG website designer. Probably not the worst, but it's up there. I really did not get on with it. Uh, and I'm finding Wix is way better, way more powerful. I've got galleries up there and that, and uh, we pushed it all forward, got our wedding photos up, our testimonials, and then it was like, ah, nothing. And while I was there, 
the woman who owns the pub, because the pub was at a wedding fair in, in Tewkesbury, um, sorry, the wedding fair was at a pub in Tewkesbury, the woman who owns the pub, um, because she's going to start hosting weddings, then I got talking to her about doing some promotional videos uh, and photography where I could pr promote sort of like the company and stuff but um she's pregnant and she uh, and she knows a lot of older people and it was just kind of well we definitely don't want to risk this so we will put a pin in this for now we have to put a pin in this which is just you know understandable but um that's how i i end up getting a lot of my work um it i don't i'm not a big fan of like car salesman type sales tactics and that it just comes across as disingenuous to me me, I when I see an opportunity, I, I, it's not that I get eager to go. Oh yes, I can make money here. It's not. It's, it's. I get excited because I'm like, I really think I could help these guys out. Uh, and if you're starting your own photography or film business or any kind of business, you have to understand that you're worth and you can't work for free. And helping someone out doesn't mean you should work for free. You're not a charity. And I really struggled with this in the beginning. I'd want to do stuff for people because I could genuinely see that it would be really cool and helpful for them. And I don't know why I just like, the, I just, I like making cool things and I like looking at something and going, yeah, I did that and helping people out. But over the years, you kind of realise, well, no, I'm working really hard. Some days I'm, I'm editing for 12, I've, I've went through days where I've edited for 16 hours, 16 hour days, which was just hell. So that time, you're never getting it back. So you get paid for your time. But I just tend to be very passionate. And if I see something I think is really good and could be really useful, um, I then I'll put a pitch to someone. And it's not really even a pitch. I just pull them to one side. I'm just like, your business is really cool. I really think you could do with some really cool photos and videos. I can help you out if you want. And that's how I, you know, that's how I end up getting a lot of my work. I just guess i'm just good at talking to people even though i can be very introverted and very awkward if tell me talk about cameras and photography super nerd um but it's also worth remembering that during these times that we are all in this together and uh you know everyone is feeling the effects of this um and uh i'm very lucky to do something that i really enjoy doing and yes it's going to be very difficult to recover from this especially as a small business owner, and I'm still trying to wrap my head around a lot of this government uh, funds and stuff like that. Um, but there is some comfort knowing that we are, this is kind of our generation's time to sort of stand up against something. I, I even think it's kind of like, a, again, like a wake-up call where it's like we can't ignore these things and um, it, it can take you out of your world. A lot more world tends to be film photography that's what I'm always working on can take you out and just take you out of that and just give you some perspective and just make you realize that there is you know the world is a very big place with a lot of people so yeah I find some comfort in that and you know I like that we're clapping for our, our NHS workers and our key workers because they're doing a really really good job um so yeah it's very scary times but um if you're a business and you're suffering look into the into the whole government side of this and see about furlough uh, and see about, you know, just getting getting paid so you don't completely sink under this, which I think might happen to a lot of companies. Um, and, you know, for any, if you're the owner of a business as well, yes, profits are important, but no profit 
is worth more than someone's life. Um, it's one thing that always, always, always used to bug me when, uh, whenever there was a snowstorm, uh, you'd get some kind of upper upper management types kind of priding themselves of, on te- you know, you know, come to work, you know, and uh, or walk them, walk them and get you from your work and that. And it's just like, guys, the reality is, um, it's just dangerous to be out on the road when there's snow and there's ice on the road. Why risk your life? To me, those kind of types always just. I could always just see through, you know, they, they'll tell you that you're valuable to your face, but they're only valuable so far as you're making the money and you're easily replaceable. I'm fortunate enough to work with people who weren't like that as well, worked with some really great people and they understand that. And you know what? In general, those type of people get the best results because they're great to work for, so you will work hard. I definitely work harder for people who I know kind of respects me. So if you are a business... And just put your employees' health in that and, and have some empathy for them, which I'm sure everyone already is in a way. And similarly, if, similarly, if you're being employed by a business, you understand that for them it's going to be super stressful. They're trying to hold their business together. So a bit of empathy both ways is always a nice thing. Um, my personal plan coming out of this is just... I'm just making lots of video... Um, using my time I can get outside to take photos and do practice some mindfulness Um, there's also a landscape photographer of the year competition coming up and I absolutely love landscape photography that is my favorite type of photography I would like to enter I don't think I got a a, 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 you know a chance in hell of winning but gotta be in it to win it I guess next we'll we'll talk about um, uh, the Canon R5 and those crazy specs and we'll also delve into a little bit about um do you need to keep chasing after the next camera as well um this is also an opportunity just to say that um you can check out my website um like i said i'm a f- freelance filmmaker and photographer if you want to see any of my uh, work uh, go over to uh, figmentofilms.com uh, you can find uh, wedding films over there you can find uh, corporate corporate and promotional you can also find um find all sorts of stuff my, some of my favorite sort of landscape galleries that i've uploaded up there some wildlife photography if you're thinking of getting a wedding done as well i've got testimonials so there's all sorts over there you can go and check out the specs on this canon r5 are mental so i don't know why canon always make great cameras but for some reason I don't know. I always project these like characters into like boardroom meetings of <laughs> for Canon over the last few years. It's always the idea that what's, they're sitting around trying to dupe people into thinking that they can't offer better specs than what they've been offering. It's like we'll give them 4K cropped, but they love the 4K. It's like no, we don't want cropped 4K. Just give us 4K. We understand that uh, it's gonna it's more demand on cameras, especially a bigger sensor camera, but like you don't have to crop it we know that you don't have to crop it because we've seen it done in other cameras so it's it's ridiculous um they tend they have a whole range of great lenses as well they're growing sort of their their mirrorless lens lens range as well but you can still use an adapter but it's always it's always a great camera with a butt with a butt that's it's not some sort of weird joke it's always a great camera with a caveat i guess that's a more eloquent way of putting it uh, especially in regards to video so 
this term kind of annoys me a bit, but I guess I am a hybrid uh, filmmaker, uh, photographer. I use my mirrorless cameras to do film and photography. I'm doing both. I need to do both. It's the least expensive way to to facilitate both of those needs. So uh, from a video background, I studied digital video uh, digital video production at university and college. And um, buying a video camera is a very expensive proposition. And then all of a sudden, you know, you had the Canon 5D Mark II, which was my first like, proper, proper camera, and I absolutely loved it. And if I see a cheap one, I will buy it again. It's a really great camera. Um, and then I gravitated towards, because I was still, towards the start of this, I was very much video-orientated. Uh, I gravitated towards a Panasonic GH4 because it had great video options in. And then from that, I got a GH5S. Um, I did the whole Metabones thing and I adapted my Canon glass, which is really good. But during a job, um, uh, my Metabones wasn't working properly. It wasn't broke. It was just something simple, but it was very... I had to be on a job quickly, so I ended up investing more in more into this sort of micro four-third system. Got myself a G9 as a backup camera and... Um, over the course over the course of the last few years I've just found that this system is the most versatile uh for me. Uh but I've always looked towards going back towards Canon at some point, but every time I look at their video options it's always, you know, it's four K but it's cropped. It's uh we don't do like a twenty five P, I don't think it was on the last camera. It's just silly. And that's just person in the boardroom just going, Yeah, we'll bring it out on the next model. But for me it's like to do it on this model and work on the next model some other time do the best you can now because I will go if I do upgrade it will be to a Sony or it will be to a full frame sort of uh, Panasonic or to be t- quite honest I really love me micro four third cameras I ain't got no problems with them um, if I did upgrade probably be towards a full on video camera or like an Ursa Mini or something like that um, but yeah then they brought this out it's a Canon R5 they're, these are the specs if you haven't already heard them it does 8k raw non-cropped uh, internal recording up to 29.97 uh, fps uh, non-cropped internal recording 8k video capture uh, in 422 10-bit hdr <laughs> oh my, this is insane it's, i mean it's 8k that's in, it's, this is mental um, it does Canon lug as well, which is really good. Dual uh, pixel AF. The Canon autofocus system is amazing. Um, this is another big one. They finally, this was the other caveat so they kept leaving out. It's got in-body stabilization, finally. Like, how can you have so many camera companies doing this and then not putting it into your bodies? Whew. Dual card slots, uh, one with a CFX, C. One with CF Express cards, uh, then one for standard sort of SD kind of cards. Uh, it runs a full gamut of, you know, everything from 1080p all the way up to 8K. 20, uh, a mechanical shutter um, with 12 frames per second, which is really, really good, really fast. Um, those are the big ones for me, and uh, it that's a, that's a beast. It is really like someone kicked in the door to that board meeting and was like, uh, everyone else is passing you. Panasonic have destroyed you on video options. Sony have uh, kind of got you leveled with um, 
the photography, similar sort of autofocus performance, argue, arguably better. Um, everyone's doing like 4K now. Time to pull, pull your sucks up a little bit. And they were like, okay, uh, we'll double down then. Um, but in reality, as amazing as all this stuff is, do you need this kind? Do you need 8K? Reality is you don't need 8K. Uh, if you can afford this camera, which I think is going to fall between three and four thousand pounds, then fair enough. Then you know it's a really good investment for you. You, you can't argue against it. But some of the the cons against this are number one, just looking at the specs. We know that a lot of full frame cancer ca- cameras struggle with uh, even four K because of the heat it produced. They produce. Is this 8K going to be 8K continuously recording, or is it going to come with the caveat that it's for 10 minutes? Because that's really lame if it is. Um, and it, are, are all these other modes, are there going to be any caveats with this? Is it all going to be unlimited recording? Um, you've got to deal with expensive CF cards as well. Uh, obviously, you could record out into another device like an Atomos Ninja 5 and then put a hard drive in that, which is a really good option. Um, so I am eager to see more, but you really don't need a camera with 8K and that costs three and a half thousand pounds. You get there is this divide between people who like micro four thirds and between full frame cameras. Reality is, a camera is just a tool, it doesn't matter what you go for, but you have to understand that there will be certain limitations with those tools. The reason I ended up going with these. Uh, these GH uh, 5S and the G9 cameras is because small form factor really powerful um, video options the photos especially on the G9 are great but even as a 10 megapixel camera I I think the GH 5S outperforms even the G9 in some regards and people go but it's only 10 megapixels you can't do nothing with that I've got a big poster I've got a big um, canvas printed out on my wall Pixel peepers, you know, that's good for scowling the internet and zooming in ridiculously far on a pixel like you're in Ferris Bueller's day off staring at that painting. But in reality, you're not going to be doing that. You frame and you compose your photo to be looked at from a certain perspective. So 10 megapixels is actually really good. But in a nutshell, you could get these cameras. They're going to drop in price. They've still got really, uh, got really powerful video options. They're great cameras as well. It's going to cost you a fraction of the price. But okay, if the full frames are killer for you, then you've got your Sony A7 free. Uh, you know, it's not going to keep going up in price, especially with what's coming out now. The point is, there are so many cameras, it's it's hard to buy a bad camera. Even if you go for one of the more recent model camera, uh, uh, not the R5, one of the other uh, full frame Canon uh, mirrorless cameras recently, uh, like the Canon R, then it's a great camera regardless of the crop it's a great camera and it's going to be less expensive than this so as a, as someone who is potentially starting up a business what should you be doing well look at let's say that this is, this camera is three and a half thousand pounds well you could spend 1500 of that on your sony a7 III then you could spend more money on getting yourself a decent microphone microphone is very important like arguably the most important thing because you could spend less than 1500 pounds on a camera um then you could get invest in a lighting kit 
then you can invest in more kit like uh, lighting stands, diffuser, uh, editing software. You could bring it, you could build yourself self a whole suite of equipment and you're fully kitted out and ready to go. You'll have a range of lenses as well. You could go get a Canon 5D Mark III, spending even less money, but then all of a sudden you've got money to spend on maybe better mics, um, maybe a gimbal. Chasing Ks and chasing the next big, big thing is really just going to leave you out of pocket. If you're a business and you're looking to grow, what I personally like to do is see how I can divide that money. Uh, every time I do a job, basically, I'll put some in savings and then I'll, if I've got a list of kit that I want to get, I will put money towards each one of those things and I'll divide that money up and see how I can spend it most efficiently and get the most out of it. For me personally, this microfill third system Yes, they don't perform as well in the dark, but I know that, so I'll give them more light wherever I can. Um, if I had a Sony A7 III, okay, well, it, does, it doesn't do 8K. You don't, 8K is so demanding, file sizes are going to be giant. Um, my PC struggles with 4K, you know, I'm using um, Praxis a lot of the time when I'm editing, like, really high, uh, you know, 4K footage, Um it's great for punching into stuff, but even then, 4K tends to do the job okay. So 8K isn't the be-all and end-all. Don't start keep chasing Ks. Invest more into lighting and learning about lighting. Invest in a good mic because people will not sit through your video if the sound isn't good. It's just as simple as that. Look at that £3,500 and go, how, how can I make the best investment? I used to work in a camera shop and people would come in and I would have lots of money and I would buy like 5D Mark IVs just because they've heard of it. Then I would leave it on auto mode or they would come in and ask me how to use it after I'd offered them tutorials. And the camera is just a tool. It's only it's not going to do the job for you. But good lighting, that's going to make your video stand out. Good sound is going to make your video stand out. Film movement will make your video stand out and make you look more professional. I'm more interested in, from a technical aspect, I'm more interested in dynamic range. I would like more dynamic range. Um, colour science is getting really good now, but obviously there's probably room for improvement there. To me, these are where I would like to see improvements. And I have no doubt the Canon R5 is just going to destroy most of the competition at the moment. That doesn't make everything else redundant. If I was... If I was looking at someone now and they were in the same position I was a few years ago and they had a, they'd finally saved up some money or they had a student loan and say they had £5,000, which was a lot of money, I said, I want to buy this Canon, um, uh, Canon R5. I said, well, you've got the money to do that, but you've also got the money to spend on a camera that's less expensive. It's going to give you similar results. Oh, and you'll get a lighting kit. Uh, a microphone, editing software, um, maybe a gimbal, maybe a slider. You'll have everything you need. Oh, and also if you're a business, invest money into promotional materials like uh, Facebook ads, flyers, business cards. And then, you know what, in the end when you've really made decent money, then you could really look at upgrading your camera. I used to feel like I need constantly needed to upgrade my camera because every camera is an investment and you kind of always want to feel like you're on top. Reality is, no. Once you become 
once you remember remember your passion and what got you into it, which is, is a passion for photography and film, or whatever your it is you're going into, you start to bring your focus back into learning how to make your films look good through your lighting and your movement and working with what you've got. Big budget films have been made on smaller sensor cameras than a micro four third camera. Um, big budget films have been made on bigger sensors than a full frame camera or bigger film stock. Those films weren't amazing and cinematic because of the types of camera. They were amazing and cinematic because of the planning, the lighting and the details that went into them. And that is the reality. Whatever you got, don't feel like it's insufficient. If it really is genuinely holding you back, then you have to make, uh, you know, weigh everything up and then make a decision. But don't feel like your camera is just going to become redundant all of a sudden. So, would I get this Canon R5? I don't think I would. I've got to say that for me personally as a business, I think I find myself in a position now where for the time being, I'm really happy with my setup. Uh, I think it's a really good setup. I like having two cameras I can switch between both of them. One of them stronger at photo, one of them stronger at video. Both can do the other thing quite well as, as well. So, uh, I like being able to swap lenses between them. So I've got a really nice setup. But I'm at a point now where if I do upgrade, I'll probably look towards a full-on video camera and then maybe a, a full-on f- camera just for f- photography. And that would probably mean maybe an Ursa Pro... Um, I've looked at the Blackmagic cameras, but uh, originally it was I was going to get a Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera 4K over my GH5S, but uh, as great a camera that is, it's got better dynamic range, I'd say arguably better uh, image quality as well. I'd say when I started weighing everything up, it ended up being very costly, and also the weather seeding was a big uh, deal for me as well. Uh, because I live in England and I'm doing, I can be doing any different type of job. When you're doing freelance, I could be outside one minute, inside the next. I need weather seeding. As simple as that is, it's really useful for me. It's a really rugged camera. I can fully kit it up into something else, um, or really strip it down and have it as a simple camera with a really uh, light, dinky sort of micro four thirds, like 50 millimeter lens on there. Um, and that's why it went out for me because of versatility. So if I was going to go for another camera, it'd be something a bit more rugged and a full-on camera, probably like an Ursa Mini Pro, something along those sort of lines. And then if I was going for to upgrade to a stills camera, it might be something like a Sony A7 III, but I might even go back and get like an older camera and get like a DSLR, maybe even a Canon 5D Mark III. If money's no object, it'd probably be... If money was no object, hmm... It'd probably be this Canon R5 because it does everything so well. It's a great camera. Can't knock. Can't knock that. Actually, if I was money was no object, I'd have like a an Arri Elixir and like or the uh, Sony, the Sony. Um, what is it? The Vegas camera. I could be wrong on that. Whatever it is, it costs a lot of money. Uh, and I was looking at some video of it the other day, and it's just incredible. We have to pay extra for like um, slow motion and all sorts of stuff. Um, so yeah, those are my things. I can talk for England. Maybe I'm cut out for this stuff. Maybe I've talked too much. I don't know. (laughs) We're looking at half an hour now, so probably going to wrap this up. 
Uh, and next time we'll be looking at some more business related photography things. I'll probably give, um, I'll probably go through some of the stuff that I've got on my YouTube channel. In, in fact, to I've got top five reasons why businesses should use a professional photographer. And I've uh, got a video coming up called top five reasons why um, if you're a business, you want to start taking advantage of uh, of video to help sort of leverage sort of like marketing and, and uh, improve SEO and those kind of things. So next video, we'll look at that. Um, and I might also delve into a bit more about the photography as therapy side of things as well. If you like this video, then uh, if you like this video, subscribe, hit the bell icon. Uh, if you're listening to this as a podcast, then don't forget to follow me on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Really hope you've enjoyed this first show. Probably a bit shaky. It's the first episode. Just I'm just uh, winging it all. And uh, but it's good fun. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you all next time. Take it easy. Bye. The Pictorialist. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.